Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 94. My name is Mark Chamblin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. Video games! What a concept! Folks! Extra, extra! <laughs> Folks, they're not just Pac-Man anymore. In fact, video games are some of the most popular- Um. <laughs> Man, oh man, this thing. Holy shit. I never felt so patronized. I I did not think that this thing was going to be this fucking bad. I really, oh man. It has moments. It has moments. But man, this thing is a fucking <laughs> pile of hot bullshit in so many different, I, oh god. I'm so mad about so many different things, and the, the world has been really a scary and stressful place to live lately, um, and I think that sometimes we just need to set out some time, set aside some time in our day to just sit down and just complain about a shitty Netflix show for like 45 minutes, and so that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> um... So can you tell me a little bit about uh, what we uh, what we watched for the show this week, Mark? Yeah, this will be very cathartic for you. I can already tell. Um, so, so there's this new docu docu series on Netflix called High Score, mm -hmm. which is the most generic possible name for a video game docu series that <laughs> could that could possibly be conceived. Like they might as well have called it like it's it's the same as if they'd called it Level Up or like <laughs> Game Over, which was what the other one we watched was called. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um. So it's created by France Costrell. I don't think either of us looked up anything about this person, but nope. whatever. Um, <laughs> it features interviews and segments around the creation and development of video games in the 80s and 90s intermixed with really crappy <laughs> animated segments rendered in a really crappy pixel art style that uh ne that wikipedia purports to being similar to video games of this period it's not it's just really shitty day one fucking animated bleep bloop it's video game <laughs> shit um anyway uh, it just came out in august um it's narrated by a far too interested in this boring ass show uh charles martinet uh who of course is the voice of uh mario yeah um and um god uh this thing uh was was boring and patronizing and uh really wasted my time yeah so um so so before we kind of get into to summarizing what it is that we watched um i do want to give a sort of like 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 a mindset directive for the rest of this episode that I, I want kind of I want everybody to be on the same wavelength here. So I want to make something very clear. Um, documentaries are bullshit. Every single documentary is bullshit. And when I say every single documentary is bullshit, what I mean by that is a, a documentary is not a record of fact. You know, it's not it's not like a a, a reliable source, a historical document. It is real life twisted and crafted into storytelling, right? Every omission that you make for who gets to be interviewed, who it doesn't get to be interviewed is a choice. 
uh, it, you know, what you choose to focus on is a choice. How you edit the interviews, what you choose to emphasize, those are all choices that all have an agenda and that all reflect the beliefs of the person that is making those choices or probably in this case, the beliefs of the Netflix corporation. <laughs> well, um, yeah, would you say that like in general, documentaries are meant to entertain and not to inform? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, okay. and, and I think it's really important to... I think learning to watch documentary in this critical way and understanding that your emotions are being manipulated while you're watching a documentary um, is a good way to just je- like develop a general critical view of media and you know the news and propaganda. Um, just because understanding that everything has intent, every cut, every single choice about what appears in the film was a decision that a person made that was based in their personal beliefs about how things should be and how things should be explained. Um, so I think that's an important thing to keep in mind as we go into this, uh, because it's a documentary that I thought was extremely bullshit <laughs> um, in a lot of ways. Um, so I want to like quickly summarize. We, so we watched, there's six episodes of episodes of this and we watched two of them. Uh, they're each like 45 minutes ish. Um, and each of them kind of focuses on either, like, a different, like, historical period of video games or, like, a different genre of video games. So we watched two of the the genre-based ones because I don't need to sit through somebody explaining <laughs> the the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis to me 400, <laughs> for, like, the 400,000th time. Extra, extra, console wars, <laughs> two Japanese behemoths <laughs> ready to duke it out. And then they bought the, the Mariners. It was crazy. Anyway. I, I just, it's funny because I really, I read the the descriptions of all six of these episodes and I picked the two that I assumed would be the most interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think you did an all right job at that uh, for, sure. for, what, for what you could do with these. Uh, so we watched yeah. episode yeah. three and episode five. Uh, episode three is called Role Players and is ostensibly about the development and history of adventure games and role playing games. Uh, so the people interviewed in that are uh, Roberta and Ken Williams, uh, the the Mystery House people, the Sierra Adventure Games people. Uh, they got Richard Garriott, aka Lord British, the really fucking weird guy that made Ultima. Um, not enough of him in this, I thought. Not enough weird Richard Garriott. Um, yeah, he was had, the highlight for me, yeah. I think. You had um, Yoshitaka Amano, who is, uh, like, one of the artists at Squaresoft and worked on, like, Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and that kind of stuff. Um, and then they have Ryan Best, uh, who you might not have heard of. He is the developer of a game called Gay Blade. Um, and we are going to talk about this later. <laughs> We're just, just keep the, keep the gay blade thing in your mind for now. Just tuck, tuck that away in a little box, wrap it up and just, just tuck that away. And we're going to, we're going to wrap right back around to that. So yeah, that's the, that's the role playing games episode. Uh, and then there's the fighting games episode, which is just called fight exclamation point. Um, <laughs> and this one is about the history of, um, fight games as charles martinet calls them throughout the entire episode (laughs) like i'm not being pedantic when i say that him saying fight games just like made my skin crawl it's just not correct that's not what they're called they're called fighting games like (laughs) oh yeah i'm a proud member of the fight game community Um, yeah, and then it's also supposed to be about, like, the violent video game hearings and the creation of the the ESRB in the 90s, um, but it handles that very poorly. Yeah, they Um, don't even fucking mention the ESRB or the result of the hearings at all. (laughs) 
Um, so you have uh, so you have Akira uh, Nishitani who and uh, Akira Yasuda who worked on Street Fighter Two. Um, and you have John Tobias who worked on Mortal Kombat. No Ed Boon in this one. <laughs> He's mentioned, but no no Ed Boon no Ed Boon interview. Uh, they got some esports guys. I don't remember who it was. They didn't let. I don't know. They didn't get Daigo. You know, like it wasn't. It wasn't who I, it wasn't who you they, wanted. <laughs> they they showed they showed one tiny clip of uh, Sonic Fox and then one uh, there was like a tiny montage of like esports esports what a concept that every it, single it, thing in yeah. this documentary is introduced and explained to you as blank what a concept um and that's about how the esports is handled and then also uh that episode features an interview uh with Jim Riley the creator of Night Trap um. This is another thing that I'm going to ask you to pack into a nice little cute little box in your head and just tuck away there for a little bit because we're going to come back around to it because uh, that's another aspect that I thought was some hot bullshit in this movie. Um, and so now we're, we're going to be moving on to our general thoughts here, even though I think we've kind of made them a little bit clear already. Uh, kind of showing our hand a little bit this week. Um, but I want to start out uh, by asking you a question. Um, and and I'm, I'm curious if you think that this series is for grandmas or is it for babies? Because it definitely is not for us. It's definitely not for anyone who has ever played a video game before. Um. I, well, it's funny because, like, even though it clearly isn't for gamers, then why would they get Charles Martinet as the... (laughs) narrator because they don't say charles martinet voice of mario maybe they do in the uh, first episode uh, it's you know it's it's quite possible that they say that in the first episode or they show him and he goes it's a me or something <laughs> but i just man yeah it, it really they really do like expect you to not know what the fuck a video game is it's like <laughs> it's 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 like it's 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 that it's that joke where like it's that ego raptor joke where he's like, "What if they handed you a controller and the game just expects you to what the fuck is this? Why are there buttons on it?" <laughs> it's it's literally that. Like they they expect you to be that person. They there's a part where they're talking about the RPGs and they're like, "Okay, let's take a break." <laughs> Record scratch sound and they're like, "Let's let's talk about some game terminology for all for all you out there who aren't fucking nerds." Here's what an <laughs> RPG is. It stands for role playing game. Yeah. It's like, "Oh my god." Like I like People that don't know what video games are, they know what an RPG is. This is... <laughs> I mean, like, like maybe not. If your grandma... Okay, here's my arguments in favor of why maybe it's for grandma, okay? Because they do explain video games as if you ain't never seen a video game before. And at the part where uh, they're explaining what a role-playing game is and they stop to explain what D&D is and you get to watch Richard Garriott uh, dressed up in several different costumes sitting around a table. <laughs> they got like they got Richard Garriott to like act in this, the Ultima guy. The, the, yeah. So if you don't know about Richard Garriott, a.k.a. Lord British, really weird eccentric dude, likes to dress up like a medieval knight. Um, and he, they, they like got him to do some interstitials in this to help explain what D&D is. And it's, it's really something. Um, but when they're explaining what D&D is, uh, they, they have to like 
they have to reassure you that, oh, no, don't worry, Grandma. <laughs> Despite what they said on TV in the 70s, D&D is not a tool of Satan. <laughs> yeah, it's like as if a grandma would be watching and being like, oh, I heard about this in church 30 yeah. years ago and never forgot that it was evil. Yeah. Like, like, Charles Martinet literally has to say, it wasn't about satanic worship, it was about storytelling. <laughs> like, no fucking shit. Um... And then my other argument in favor of this being uh, for grandma and not for babies uh, is that you you see a lot of heads get cut off in the video games in this. Lots of lots of Mortal Kombat dudes getting their hearts ripped out, which probably you know babies probably you shouldn't shouldn't be showing your kids that. He but does here, give a content warning at the beginning of that episode. That's though. that's true. Uh, so here are my arguments uh, in favor of it big uh for babies and that's that charles martinet thinks you're so fucking stupid he just he i mean they mm, okay so we mentioned how the it's it's the the way they explain video game concepts to you is if you are it's it's as if you know absolutely nothing about anything right at certain points throughout this they explain like what special effects artists do. And then at yeah. one point, what an office job is. <laughs> In this exact same style, it's like, they're talking about this, like, guy who, like, w- used to be an esports star and now got into having an office job. And they're just, like, filing papers, sending faxes, and printing out copies. The office life just... And it's just, like... <laughs> And it's funny because he was like, I work in sales. And I was like, I also work in sales. And that's not what a sales job is. Like, that's he, he didn't say, I'm calling clients in order to ascertain uh, their willingness to do business with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I I obviously have a lot have a lot of thoughts on on the, the way this is done as a documentary. So you, do you have any other thoughts on that before we move on? I mean, it's like... Like this is these episodes really are always your time to shine because you are (laughs) because you've spent years of your life dedicated to the art of of documentary making and and um, analyzing documentaries. Uh, But, you know, from my time knowing you and my time uh, having been introduced to the concept of watching documentaries with a critical eye, uh, I would say this is just a crash course in how to not make a documentary <laughs> or at least how to make a documentary that I personally think is shit. Uh, yeah. Because I, you know, me as someone who does watch things with a critical eye, something that bothers me the most, and I, it's hard for me to get a grasp of how many people are also bothered by this that aren't like, you know, just like, like nerdy type of watchers like me. But the thing that bothers me the most is when I can't tell what the audience is supposed to be or like Mm -hmm. who they made it for or like what they were trying to fucking like, what was the purpose of making this besides like (laughs) money? So it's just, I, I just, I don't know who this was for. Was it just to like, was it just to like suck the dick of the video game industry? It's a very, it's a very strange production. It, it, It is like watching like the visualization of like a simple English Wikipedia article. Right. Yeah, like it is just yeah. like the most bare bones kind of surface level explanation of these concepts. It and reads like a book report that I would have written in like eighth grade. Yeah, it's, it's the, narr- the, the narration is very corny. It's very didactic. 
Uh, yeah. The whole thing shifts wildly around in tone and subject at a moment's notice. Um, it's uh, uh, part of it. I think that gives it the really the really odd quality of it. Is it like it has the cinematography of the Netflix prestige documentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We shot this in fucking 8K so it would be future-proofed forever. Look at these close-ups on this nice person's house and then doing some some paintings on their sketchbook or whatever, you know? Like, it's, it's that. But then the tone is like public access infomercial. Like, it's just... It's very mismatched. Yeah. It felt like a, like, a, like a local news segment that yeah. was shot... That was that. It was a local news segment that had a budget of five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, really That's does. really what this feels like. Yeah. Um. I think like my big problem with this thing is that it has this structure where it is focusing on different people. It's focusing very specifically on people and their stories, or at least trying to, right? And with each different one of these game developers gets a section where they get to talk about their craft and talk about what went into it. But it, it's trying to cram like five of those into each episode, which is only 45 minutes. And then they're also trying to explain to you what a computer is, you know, like there's just not (laughs) enough time to get personal with these people to get into, like it it lacks the grit and the emotional honesty that makes a great documentary, you know, like documentaries are bullshit. Yes. And the, the facts in a documentary might be bullshit. Yes. But when someone goes on a camera and really, pours their heart out and is really honest on a camera that is real that is emotionally honest and because they're wildly flipping through all of these different designers and trying to get their story crammed into five minutes um and then they also need to explain to you like what a computer is and how a video game works every three minutes it it, none of it ever feels like you're getting that good personal stuff like the best moments in this um, is like when you have the Street Fighter designers talking about how they came up with all of the character designs and they're, they're talking about, oh, we like studying different martial artists and how they, how they wanted to keep exaggerating the characters to make them more fun and exciting. Um, there's a part where Roberta Williams is explaining how she like d- designed a text adventure on just a big piece of paper and she's showing like, yeah, you know, you have to draw out a flowchart basically in order to design these games and then you have to take this and turn it into a game um all that stuff is really fascinating but i was i felt like i was longing for like i want 45 minutes with roberta williams like let's sit down with her and let her talk about this stuff and like let's get to know her as a person a little bit more they they don't give uh the interview segments any time to breathe because uh all the interesting character moments are sandwiched in between charles martinette's dumbass (laughs) voice being like and the reason she did this is because video games are fun and it's like (laughs) yeah you didn't we (laughs) we don't need the the constant narration i really um i really was just craving uh, that style of documentary that um, that we watched of the um, the the Donkey Kong documentary, yeah, King of Kong, yeah, King of Kong, which doesn't have a single word of narrated dialogue, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, very very um, little, very very little, and it's yeah. just it's much more powerful to let the fucking the stars of the documentary mm-hmm. fucking speak for themselves. Yeah, you it, you really feel like the creators of this think that Charles Martinet needs to lead you around by the fucking nose or you're not going to get the point of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, and 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 then let let's get into kind of like the deeper like ideological issue that I sort of have with 
with this with this show and that is that it just fucking loves great man theory um if you're if you're not familiar with with that phrase you know the great man theory of history this this very sort of uh liberal conception of history that this idea that history is a is a process of great men with great ideas who who change the tide of history and and the way that video game history is portrayed in this show is very much portrayed in that fashion you know it is it's trying to do these these personal stories with these with these people but it does a very poor job of contextualize, contextualizing those personal stories within the larger artistic movements with within which they were taking place right so like we get uh, you know, the, uh, an artist that worked on Final Fantasy talking about Final Fantasy. We get Roberta Williams talking about uh, making Mystery House. We don't get anyone talking about Dragon Quest, which was very important to the development of role-playing games. We yeah. don't get anyone mm -hmm. talking about Zelda at any point in that episode, which is <laughs> very important to the development of role-playing games. Um, God, and know. there's moments in Charles Martinet's narration where he says things like, in a short time, creators like Roberta Williams and Richard Garriott, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The phrase creators like there is doing so much lifting, right? There right. are hundreds of omissions and choices yeah, in this the is phrase the creators like. Hundreds of decisions about who are we going to show and who is going to be portrayed in this. And like that would be fine if the if it was either they were doing a better job at actually getting at these personal stories and or they were doing a better job of contextualizing this stuff in the history. Instead, it comes off like it's, it's very like, and then one day this one brilliant person came up with this idea to do this, you know? And like, mm -hmm. we, we know that that's not how history works, right? History is a process of, right. of people, you know, large group of people borrowing ideas from each other, building on each other's work and stuff, you know? And, and like, that's just not here. Um, and this was really solidified for me um, in the moment where they have they're they're interviewing this guy who's like a who like owns an esports team, um, and he says something like, "Oh, I believe uh, in natural talent in gaming. We try to we really try <laughs> to look out for people with with natural talent, right?" Um, and that is just a quote that get that that closes a section and is kind of left unchallenged. And I think that's a really great example of like what you choose to put in from the interviews that you have recorded is influenced by what you believe, right? So, like, if I was editing this section, I don't believe, really, in the concept of quote-unquote natural talent, at least without a huge fucking asterisk next to it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, about class and, like, material conditions mm -hmm. and all sorts of things like that, right? Um, and so if I were editing that sequence, I would not leave that statement unchallenged. But... You can see, because this documentary series falls in line with this sort of great man theory of history, of course the people that are making it would leave in a line like that, because that's what they believe. They believe in natural talent. They believe in great men, great women who have brilliant ideas and are just and trendsetters that change the tide of history, and that's all that there ever is to history, you know? It's reflected in, in the work. Um, and, yeah... <laughs> yeah and this this all this all just ties so neatly into like neoliberalism like you mm -hmm. mentioned that this is a very liberal like concept but like yeah very specifically like the at the 
at the like the inception of like um capitalism which eventually beget uh neoliberalism uh it's it's really just like a very specifically like anti-communist uh school of thought that uh that like wants to say that like oh without private ownership of of capital and things like these great men couldn't have had their ideas <laughs> because they would have yeah. been forced to blah 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 and um it's it's one of those things where like once you see it you can't unsee it and yeah. i just uh, you know you start to see it everywhere uh great man theory is just um, it, it, and it's hard not to do that in a documentary it's hard not right. to have a documentary come off as great man, like as influenced by great mm -hmm. man theory. Um, the, yeah, I mean, the, well, you said it, the way to, the way to tamper that is to bring up the material conditions that allowed these things to happen. Yeah. Um, and also even, just even like more context, more historical context. Yeah. There's so little historical context in this thing. Um, speaking of historical context. <laughs> all right, girls and gays. You guys heard of the AIDS crisis? Oh, if that my. if that feels if that okay. feels like a swing out of left out of left field, wait till you hear about what this documentary tries to do. Oh my fucking god! I I don't know if I've ever been so acutely offended by something on this podcast before. Like I've been more like broadly offended by things, but this was just like three minutes that just made me absolutely fucking furious. I was so I was so fucking mad about this. Okay. Yeah, it was very like, how fucking dare they do this yes. moment. It's it's disgusting. Okay, so I guess heads up, we're gonna be talking about the AIDS crisis. Um, so at one point in the in the RPG episode, they just wildly swing to the AIDS crisis, like all with no warning. Like it is it is fucking wild. Like ten seconds ago, we were talking about Final Fantasy or some shit, and then now we are just seeing footage of homophobic politicians talking about how AIDS is killing the right people because of their sins. Um so Ryan Best is a game designer. And he's talking about how he is living in the Castro in the 70s. I guess I should explain. The Castro uh, was, a, was a, a gay mecca, kind of, in, in yeah. the 70s. Um, so much so that when I grew up in school in the 90s and 2000s, they were still talking about it as yeah. that bad place because I went to <laughs> private Christian schools. Man. Um, and, and, uh, Ryan Best, uh, makes this game called Gayblade, and it's, like, kind of this, like, it's, like, a joke kind of RPG that he, like, passes around to his friends and stuff, um, and now it's sort of lost, right? Um, and, and he's kind of, like, trying to get in touch with people, seeing if he can find someone who can, uh, who can, who can recover Gayblade, and so that people can have this sort of, this really cool cultural artifact back. Mm -hmm. Um, and he talks about how, like, you know... It, you know, it's this small little thing, but it was it was something that was uplifting to people during a very fucking scary time to be a queer person. All of this is run down in like three minutes with Charles Martinet still doing his cartoonish narration over the entire thing. At Do one you think point, they thought that any gay people would watch this? I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine that they did. No, <laughs> it's. At one point, Charles Martinet says, Gay Blade was a big, fabulous snub to the man. And I just wanted to fucking throw my computer into the fucking garbage. I was... And... Oh, man. Like, the, like... There's a... Y'all seen RuPaul's Drag Race? <laughs> <laughs> the, they're, like... 
there's a there's a part like four minutes after because I, I swear they talk about this for three minutes and then they move on and then later yeah. there's a part where like Charles Martinet is talking about oh where did where did the Mortal Kombat guys get their inspiration for the the next big game and then the camera like pans to a church and he goes not there and then pans to another place and goes not there either and then it pans <laughs> to a library and he goes yeah that's right and then he gets diegetically shushed by a librarian in, in a sort of fourth wall breaking joke. I need you to understand I, that this happens. I love happens, a diegetic shushing. This, this happens like, like two minutes after they're talking about the fucking AIDS crisis. And then, oh God, there's a point where it is straight up treated as a fucking joke. And I was like, deeply offended like i i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna play i'm gonna play a clip here of charles martinet's narration so this is the this for context this is the point in the documentary where they're talking about how the game became lost um and pat the pat buchanan that he is talking about was an extremely uh homophobic advisor to president richard nixon and then charles martinet says this and then the craziest thing never happened Pat Buchanan heard about Gay Blade, got into his presidential tour bus, drove across country to San Francisco, stopped in the Castro to buy some souvenirs, then showed up at Ryan's door and stole the game, telling Ryan to pray the gay away as he left. But funnily enough, the game made Pat Buchanan realize that he was gay. And now he's living in Paris with his partner Francois and their two Bichons, Coco and Chanel. Actually, that didn't happen at all. The truth of how Ryan lost the game is far less colorful. So we are critiquing this, so fair use, fair use, fair use. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, what the fuck? What the f- What the f- What the fuck, man? Like, 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 fuck you. Like, fuck you. Like, fuck off. Yeah, like, it's, I don't, like, uh, it's oh. not subversive to be like, what if the homophobes are secretly gay? Um, it, it doesn't take away their power, especially when straight people are doing it. This yeah. this just has big like, oh, Trump is gay for Putin energy. Yeah. And, it and just, it's like, uh, oh, and he, now he lives in Paris with his two fluffy, floofy gay little poodles because he's a fucking queer. Like, fuck. Like, fuck off. Like, what the fuck is this? This came out last month. I know. <laughs> like, like that's what I say. Like, they don't think any gay people would watch this. Like, do, I, do they? I think the, whoever wrote this has no idea that like that like like trans women of color exist. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, dude, straight up, every single fucking uh, archival uh, clip in this section yeah. is a crowd of white people marching through a street. It's, it's white fucking, dudes. It's disgusting. white dudes marching through metropolitan areas in the mid '80s. It's like. They, they, this is the least intersectional piece of, like, <laughs> queer media analysis that I've ever seen. I it's, was... <laughs> just just, to, just so y'all are aware, none of you would have fucking anything if it wasn't for fucking black trans women, so write that right. down. Um, yeah, God, there's literally a part where Ryan Best, the developer, is talking about, uh, gay, like, LGBT characters being in video games and, like, mainstream games, and he says, like, yeah, you know, like, we're we're if we're in games at all, we're generally side characters and it really feels like we're, we're just an afterthought. They had the fucking gall 
to put that clip of him saying that in there and then give him two and a half minutes to explain the fucking AIDS crisis. Like, fuck off, man. And then... This so easily could have been its own episode and absolutely should have. It should have been. Like, you know, like, it's frustrating, right? Because I want to be able to be like, well, I'm glad this is here. But, like, the way that it's handled is so fucking bad that I almost wish it just wasn't there at all. Yeah, like, like, no... Like, like, no, no diss to like Ryan Best. I, no, I, I, I really like what he does. He sucks. He, he has a great story and he's very yeah. charming in the interview. And it's just like, and he just had, they just, they, they just turn him into a fucking joke. Like, they, they, they just did fucking him so shafted. dirty. They did him so fucking dirty. And then, <laughs> and then, okay, so, all right. Well, okay, first I'm going to ask, Mark, did you know what Night Trap was before you watched this? Uh, yeah, I've, okay, I've cool. been uh, familiar with video games long enough to know Okay, so Night so Trap if you're not the, aware, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, so so in this, they start talking about, in the, in the, in the Fighting Games episode, they start talking, sorry, Fight Games episode, they start <laughs> yes. talking about Mortal Kombat, right? And, and if you're not aware, uh, games like Mortal Kombat and games like... Night Trap, uh, were ended like resulted in congressional hearings in the '90s, uh, that resulted in the formation of the ESRB, which now rates video games in the United States. Um, and so Night Trap, uh, was a game on the Sega CD, uh, with full motion video live live action shots where you are uh switching between various surveillance cameras. And, like, trying to, like, solve a mystery or whatever. Like, some kind of shit like that. Okay, so I need you to understand. They're talking about... The entire episode has been about Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And then they're talking about Mortal Kombat. And then they start talking about the the violent video games thing. And then they start talking about the congressional hearing. And in the congressional hearing section, they, like offhandedly mention Night Trap. And then it's like Charles Martinet, like he just gets completely distracted. <laughs> and st- and <laughs> like, cause they just start talking about like the development of creation of Night Trap for like six to eight minutes. They spend more time explaining the creation of Night Trap than they spent on the AIDS crisis. And more, with more attention to detail and care and, and respect. <laughs> And it's more off-topic than... It has nothing to do with the episode! The episode's called Fight. It's about Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and then the last six minutes, they just get distracted and start talking about the uh. intricate de- details of the development of Night Trap with this... with this... with the... with the, with the Night Trap guy. I had to scroll up because I didn't remember his fucking name. <laughs> Jim Riley. This fucking creep. Yeah, so, I don't give a fuck about this oh Home Alone God. motherfucker. I this, just this dude is talking about Night Trap, right? And he's talking about how there's a there's a scene in Night Trap where where there's a there's a there's a girl who's like half naked getting like attacked in a bathroom, and then they they left in a clip of this grown ass man saying which today would not play well with me too <laughs> fucking creep yeah you like, fucking shut the fuck you up. fucking predator shut the fuck up what the fuck is wrong with you why would you say that on camera god look just like well actually i know why it's because men just get to get away with saying fucking horrible things like that and then get to continue being in netflix documentaries <laughs> <sighs> um, he 
uh, he's when when men say things like that, what they're really saying is like, I'm so glad that I was a shithead 30 years ago instead of now, because if I was an asshole now, then I would get held accountable for my actions. Oh, God. Is there That's anything? literally what they're saying. Is I, there... <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to say about night? <laughs> Sorry, about, <laughs> about night trap. Well, yes, sure, I, I would yeah. like to. I would like to give a massive shout out to Night Trap because without <laughs> Night Trap, we wouldn't have the five uh, Nights at Freddy's series, which, as as hardcore listeners will know, is my favorite uh, video game series. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is there anything else you want to say <laughs> about High Score, the Netflix uh, docu series, Mark? For oh, me? about about um. About uh, be- best best player, the the number one uh, uh, pew pew uh, space invaders is a game where you shoot aliens. The movie. What are we watching next week? Mark? Uh, apparently, we're watching Homestar Runner. Which Hell is, yeah! <laughs> um, uh, so I will I will say, um, the concept of like. You know, media blind spots is mm-hmm. something that that always fascinates me. Um, my media blind spot is that I've never seen Homestar Runner, <laughs> and I was born in 1993, so I have no excuse. Yeah, you uh, were. But so I, I I haven't I've never seen Homestar Runner or Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, okay, so that's that's pretty. <laughs> those wild. are those are two like culturally linked things for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I, I know nothing about this. It's it's a flash yeah, animated no, surreal comedy series. You don't need to read the series. Wikipedia article. I'll just explain <laughs> it. So, in the two thousands and twenties, I mean, they're still around, but like it was the, a big deal. Um, basically, these two dudes from Georgia started a website where they just like uploaded flash animations with their dumb animal characters, as they called them, um, and. Over time, as they created more and more of these cartoons and got better at doing it and got better at writing them and got better at making this little world they've created here, um, it kind of becomes this, like, collective art project thing where it's, like, they have cartoons, but there's also games and there's also, like, hidden pages and, like, mm. all this shit. Like, one of the characters had a blog that was not on the website anywhere. You had to, like, go click on a thing in, like, four pages deep somewhere and it would take you to a link that would go to this page. That was, like, a blog for one of the characters that they updated on a regular basis. And it was, like, that kind of thing. And I think, like, it, it, like, like things like Homestuck took this concept and then did, like, tried to do, like, more legitimate storytelling with it, right? Whereas Homestar Runner was, like, really... Like, the whole thing is kind of a goof. Um... I don't think there is a single work that had a bigger influence on my sense of humor than this show. Um, There is just something about the cadence of the delivery where it just feels like they are just maxing out every single fucking syllable of this thing. Um, It's really something special. Um, I'm interested to see how it hits you for the first time in 2020, having never seen it. Um, so I think what we're going to do for this, because obviously the justification for this is super fucking loose. Um, <laughs> there are, as we mentioned on the uh, Sabrina arc episode, this is our podcast and we'll do whatever the fuck we want. I just wanted to oh, watch yeah. Homestar Runner and talk about it on this podcast. Um, but there are like 
famous uh like cartoon Homestar Rider cartoons that are are video game based so I'm, what I'm thinking is we're gonna watch some of those I'm gonna have you watch some of those and then I might just have you just like go and just like have YouTube autoplay or go on the website itself if you want and just just go and just watch it for a bit because everything that you watch I'll have already seen because I've seen everything so <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that yeah. might be how we do it we'll, we'll we'll talk about the specifics later but yeah I don't know if you if you'd like to prepare for this episode, just go watch some Homestar Runner. They're all on, they're all on YouTube now for the most part. Um, the website I, itself is still up as well. So I get the feeling there's no like bad place for me to start. No, That's, you just kind of go like you all, just go. It's you, like it's like it's like when you're first discovering like Always Sunny and you're just watching clips on YouTube. And yeah, none of them need context. Yeah, no, because like especially with like the strong bad emails, because all you really need to know is he's strong bad. He's kind of a jackass and he answers emails from his fans. And then they, and then that's the show, you know. Um, but yeah, I am. Uh, Song guy, the guy with like the red like wrestling yeah. mask. Yeah, he's the guy with the mask. Okay. Um, he's. This, he is, is, this is how little I know about this. Yeah. I, I, it's it really is. I know nothing about it. Yeah, you probably know what Trogdor is. Oh, is he the the Burninator? That's yeah. That's yeah. That is. Awesome. I didn't know yeah. that was from this. I thought yes. this. I thought that was. Well, from well I'll, I'll, I'll probably else. put that in the rotation just because like. <laughs> It's it's not even like one of the best ones. You just should watch it because it's like it's culturally significant. Okay, we're gonna talk about hopes. I'm gonna listen. Like I'm probably that, gonna. That, end that up really is about... that really is your sense of humor, like the Trogdor thing. <laughs> yeah, I I really am probably going to talk about Homestar Runner for like 45 minutes next week, so I will save it. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? <laughs> uh, you can find us at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. That's at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked on our pinned post of our Twitter. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app is uh, where you can find us. You should rate us. That would be super chill if you did that. Uh, The music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. And for me, it was Tuesday. Fuck cops. Don't join the military. Peace. It's already a long one. Episode 100 incoming. Oh God, it's it's getting close, man. It looms. It looms over us. Looms over us. (laughs) Like a like uh, Occam's razor or whatever that is. What? It's not really related. (laughs) No, no, that wasn't correct. That wasn't correct at all. (laughs) You know. (laughs) We do the best (laughs) we can here on. I I I am not a smart man. (laughs) (laughs) But you're an honest man, and that's why people like you. That's true. Yeah, it's true. All right, thanks, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm tech. I'm kind of a man. Very, un, very unenthusiastic about it, but you know, yeah. <laughs> none gender with left man. <laughs> Fuck. God, it's so good. It's so true. Anyway, bye. Bye. <laughs>